When you look back over your life, you never think you can be where you are right now. Some people look at it as a blessing while others look at it as a curse. For some, it is a place of equality while for others, they struggle with personal issues that have yet to be dealt with. However, when I look back over the course of my life with both struggles and successes, I count them as a learned experiences, but all as God's getting my attention in disguise. But through it all, this is truly a blessing. Hey, welcome back to the I'm Dealing With Podcast Hour. I am Sean, your host, and I'm hoping you are getting great content out of what is being presented to you through I'm Dealing With. You know, there's been a lot going on in the news as of late, a lot of things going on uh, dealing with the stimulus, where some are getting their uh, checks and things of that sort. And then you have others that have yet to receive their stimuluses. Um, also in the news with with on that uh, same uh, line there, man, uh, that whole IRS thing right now has been getting shut down with everybody trying to dive in and get their status. It's just been an interesting week. But I'm here to let you know that in all this, we're going to get through this together. I want everybody to keep their heads up and uh, just know this is just for this time. This is just a season. It's only a season. Summer doesn't last that long. Winter doesn't last that long. Spring or any other season doesn't last that long. There's a season for everything. The sun rises, the sun sets, the moon comes up, the moon comes down. It's just a season. But if you're willing to hold on just a little bit longer and go through your night season, because this is like a night season for us, you know, it's like that midnight hour almost. It's like 1159 and 59 seconds. If you're just able to hold on that last hour, I'm here to let you know we're going to make it. I want everybody to keep their heads up, stay encouraged, um, keep on being motivated, keep helping others. And don't forget that, especially in a, uh, such a time as this, it's not just about you and your families. It's also trying to find a way to help others. Again, it's also a way to help others. I mean, I'm very instrumental in listening to a lot of other podcasters and listen to a lot of other um, books and what's being said not just about what's going on but what they are doing in their communities um, around their local city their state their government about how they're getting involved Um, and my hat goes off goes out to again goes off to all those that are on the front line those of you that have been medically helping those uh, first aid responders, the nurses, the 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 RNs, the the assistants, the doctors, those that are just checking for the coronavirus, all of you um, that are on the front lines, that are gloved up, have your mask on, your goggles on, your suit on. My hat goes out to each and every one of you. I'm so proud of everything that you all are doing to help all of us. 
not just in the city, not just in our state, but worldwide. It's affecting a lot of people. But right now for the states, especially in the California area, I just want to say thank you to all those that are first responders and actually putting your lives out there. We tend to forget that they have families too. And yet they're coming to work every day, putting their lives at risk. Yeah, they're protecting themselves and things of that sort. But we know accidents and uh, casualties can happen. But yet in the midst of it all, people, they are helping us out. And I just want to say thank you to all of you from I'm dealing with to say thank you again. I can't say thank you enough. And for all of you that are just, um, you know, supporting that effort, uh, maybe um, some of you are I know there's a lot of people that are actually making masks and then selling them and or giving them away to people that don't have. Um, thank you to you as well. I think um, everybody's doing an interesting job trying to find ways of um, helping back their communities, helping their families. And some, they're not even helping their community, but, excuse me, but they're actually helping their family going through it. Um, Those children, uh, those parents, those aunts, uncles, and whatever, even extended family, like coworkers that they're real close to, but yet still they're going out and helping. Awesome job. Just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. And uh, all right, we'll get get off that soapbox. So um, I hope uh, in the last uh, the episode, uh, episode six, we talked about a couple of variables, things that have happened um, from me now being an older gentleman to now what had happened when I was a younger gentleman. You know, you have to understand that. I take it from the glimpse of I do understand that I know uh, we all at one point in time were younger. We all were 19, 18, 17, uh, 20, 21, you know, it, before we got here. And since some of you may be in that age range already. So I want to be able to talk to you. I don't want to come from a standpoint to where that I forget where I came from. I don't ever want you to think that, you know, that now I'm the age I am that I forget as if. Um, I'm too good. I don't ever want to be that type of person. I want to make sure that, you know, I'm trying to be <clears throat> very transparent that I, that, uh, and realistic in the things that I say. So everything that I'm telling you is, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know what it is, man. This is just really messing me up. Um, I want you to understand that this is coming from a place of life, a place of this is what has really happened. Um, and you know, I, I know you are going to get people that just like, eh, he's just maybe saying too much or whatever the case may be. But I do understand that there are people out there that want somebody to just, Hey man, just, just be real. Just put it out there. You know, don't, don't, um, sugarcoat it. You know, you know, what really happened? What really went down? What did you really go through? And I've got to be able to, I got to be able to explain those things in only the way I can do it. You know, anybody can tell you anything. But I know me, I like to hear stuff from the horse's mouth. I mean, if I ask you, hey, man, how'd you lose that job? I don't I, rumor has it that. No, but I mean, but seriously, man, between me and you, I mean, what really happened? You know, I want to know, you know, so when I tell you my negatives, I'm not trying to sugarcoat it and try to say it's somebody else's fault. 
I'm telling you, hey, I made that decision. Maybe somebody else contributed in that decision. But ultimately, I have the last say, right? You know, we we know that, you know, scripturally, we know God has the last say. We know that. We understand that. But in every action, there's a reaction. So if you're on your job, let me just use that example. If you're on your job and they start treating you kind of weird, how you react, that's your response. You control your reaction. So when you're going through life, sometimes we have actions which messes us up. And then it's our reactions sometimes that messes up. So in everything that we do, we have two choices. We have two choices to make the proper actions and we have choices to react appropriately. And uh, um, it's not always somebody else involved. Many of it, many of the time it's us. And I know for me, um, I made a lot of bad decisions. I made some great ones though. Don't get me wrong. I, I've made some great ones. You know, anybody can get on the show and talk to you about all the successes. Oh yeah, I've done this. I've uh, uh, made X amount of million dollars here. I grew that business to here. I've had a successful marriage. Uh, my children are now this. Um, I'm going to church. I have an excellent relationship with God. I'm a very religious person. Um, my job is going great. Uh, my parents are healthy. But, you know, that's not everybody's story. Not everybody grew up in a great home. Not everyone grew up with their mother and father in the same house and still married. Not everybody has come from a house where there weren't drugs being used. You understand what I'm saying? So we have to be real and intentional. I want to use that word intentional in the things that we do um, here at I'm dealing with to make sure that we are reaching out to those um, that are potentially either are or have been going through something. Because at the end of this, we are going to come out on the other side. But while you're going through it, the key is not to stop in it, not to stop in the storm, but to go through it. Okay, go through it. The hardest hit is when it first comes. And then sometimes in your middle, you know, if you look at the eye of a tornado, eye of a hurricane, whatever the case may be, the peace is usually right in the center of it. But the goal is to get through the other side, get through that tail, because we, we know the tail is a kicker. We know it's a kicker. If you look up anything dealing with twisters and tornadoes, you know that tail is a kicker. It's the beginning and the end. There's a little bit of peace sometimes in the, little, in the middle of it. But you can't live there. Because if you try to live in the midst of that, midst of that tornado, that means you're stuck. The goal is to get past it and move on. So again, I'm not going to pretend that, you know, I'm a family therapist or um, I've got some PhD because that's not the case. It's just that I'm a guy that has gone through some things that's still going through some things, but yet in the midst of it all, I'm willing to put myself out there to um, not worry about who's throwing the darts, not worry about who's shooting their gun at me, not worry about who's got their eyes set on me. I'm focused on helping other men, other young men, other old men, because at the end of the day, it's not all about me. Most people think it's about me. 
it's it's a it's an eye syndrome. I'm not that dude. I'm not going to do that. My focus is how can I help others in the midst of going through my own stuff because everything's not going to always be perfect. Because as soon as you get out of one thing, there's something else. If it's not finances, it might be marriage. If it's not marriage, it might be dealing with your children. If it's not children, it's dealing with a coworker. If it's not dealing with a coworker, your car is acting up. If it's not your car acting, it's always something. Everything is not perfect. And right now with this coronavirus, there's no one that can say, oh, everything's just going peachy keen. Everybody's going through something in a different way. They've had to change how they work, had to change their work ethic. They've had to change how they communicate how they rationalize, all that. Their family life structure has changed. How they eat is different. How they shop is different. Everybody's being affected. So right now, this is an equal field for everybody. Everybody. There is no one right now that's not affected with what's going on right now. So with that being said, now that I can say (laughs) I'm off my soapbox, if you want to say that, but we have to understand that Again, um, there has to be a place in your life um, where you find some solace in something. Something. And today I want you to find that peace. Find that something in your life. That's something. Sometimes it's a good audio book or just sitting down and reading a conventional book. For some, it might be reading your Bible. For some, it might be reading the Quran. For some, it's um, watching inspiring videos. For some, it's helping others. Some, it's donating. Others, it might be planting in your garden. I enjoy flying my drone. That, I, I enjoy that. That has what I'm, what I'm going through a lot of different things in my life. Um, I grab one of my nine drones. Yes, I did say nine, one of them. And I find somewhere to fly. Now, mind you, we can't fly right now. Well, we shouldn't be out flying, right? Right? So I've been very good. I've been good. Seriously, I've been good, folks. Okay? So, but I find solace. I find peace in that where I can go to a place and just look at, you know, the wonder and the splendor of the things that you know, from up above, looking down at places that we take for granted every day. And if I were to, let me, let me just speak from that standpoint. <clears throat> there are places that I've been, I mean, locally, I mean, not, I'm not talking about, you know, traveling. That's not, my, but a lot of times, and there's nothing wrong with traveling. I think traveling is, 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 is great. I think a lot of times we need to get away from what we're used to. And I want to discuss what we're used to right here because for those of you that have never tried it, never tried it. I personally, as much as I love photography and I love photography, I've gotten into it. That's another, you know, that's why I say drone thing because usually my camera is on my drone, but I also have another camera in a backpack. So I have it all with me. But some of the places that you look at on a normal basis, you're like, man, I can't stand that house across the street. Or, man, all those trees way over there. And, man, it's just, I don't like it. I mean, I just wish, you know, blah, 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 blah. 
And you know, it's not until you get above your problem. It's not until I have put that drone in the air and turned that camera on, you know, at X amount of feet up and begin to look down that I realize how beautiful it really is. You know, it's amazing how we how we can, can we can change our perspective on the problem. I find that many times God puts us in precarious situations and sometimes we put our own selves in precarious situations. And in that situation, we have an idea of what the problem is. We have an idea of who or whose the problem is. We have an idea who caused it. We have an idea of what the solution is, but it's amazing how with time, our perspectives are immediately changed. It's amazing. It's just completely amazing. I remember one time at, at my job, there was this particular individual that, I mean, they were, um, man, they needed, they, they left much to be desired. I tell you, that's about as plain as I can put it. They were always complaining. They, um, they always um, had an attitude. Matter of fact, I can actually say that this particular, this gentleman, because this, this, uh, now I'll go back, this particular gentleman worked with me in a warehouse setting. And, um, you know, I was his boss. I was, I was a supervisor. And uh, he was just so, man, it was like you had to fight him on every little thing. So for me, you know, I've always been one of those that, I mean, I'm not going to talk about how anybody else manages their team or whatever, but relationships are important. I'll start with this. Relationships are very important. Some people say, I'm not here to get for relationships. I'm here to get a job done, get my check. But guess what? You cannot do what you do and be great at it without relationships. You have to be able to spend time with people and understand who they are. They are understand their their strengths and their weaknesses so because when you build your team and you start um, trying to grow your team you want to grow them out of their weaknesses but then you want to grow them in their strengths as well and then you're not going to put the person as weakest in an area that somebody else is strongest in you want to put everybody in the right area so that way they um they you maximize their gifting okay so one of the things that I would do periodically, you know, just to keep my team motivated and encouraged that if they met the goal or went above and beyond the goal within the uh, the given amount of time, you know, they used to challenge me that I owed them breakfast. That was just one of those things. So with this particular gentleman, um, you know, it was just kind of one of those things because we worked I worked in a, uh, a union environment. Again, I'm not going to say where this was at, but it was in a union environment. And uh, as management, you're you're non-union. And I was on the management side. So they met their goal. Matter of fact, not only did they meet their goal on many occasions, but they surpassed it. So one of the things they challenged me with, they said, okay, well, we want steak and egg burritos. I was like, And so, but I was, I was fine with it. Right. I was fine with it. So I decided to get the entire team steak and egg burritos. So I came in one day, I went early 
you know, again, going back to that whole early end, I like to be early, get everything set up, ready to roll. So by the time the team came, I had already had my box with all the steak and egg burritos in it for everybody. So I walked up to this and everybody saying, thank you. Oh man, you know, man, you know, you actually did what you say you're going to do. That's another thing. If you say you're going to do something, you better do it because they're looking at you. Okay. Not just your coworkers, your children are looking at you. The pe the people that you teach, you might be a teacher. They're looking at you. How you speak and care for others, people are looking at you. So I showed up, had everything passed it out. And um and needless to say, before I passed it out, um we're we're supposed to well I'm not gonna say post to supposed to but the plan every day is we have a meeting let them know where we are what what the goal is so on and so forth we do a stretch have some good uh safety topics real quick we encourage our team we go so by the time it's you know it's go time we're having our meeting and while I'm in the middle of my meeting you know again you get what you get out what you put in right so you know again i i usually try to come in motivated uplift upbeat all the time so i'm motivated upbeat and such such and when somebody hollers out yeah you must be really motivated it's amazing but i bet you you didn't bring the food that you were supposed to bring you know everybody starts laughing and start kind of talking trash whatever so then i turned around and grabbed the box and i put it right oh it's right here they're like ooh, you know so they're all shocked that i actually did what I said I was going to do. So in the midst of after the meeting was over, we started getting to work and I passed them out because, you know, a lot at, at, in this particular, you know, they're, they were allowed to kind of eat, you know, and different things as they went. But, and, but then when they took their break and all that kind of stuff, that's pretty much when they really dove in. Right. So, um, I passed out their food and stuff and what have you. And, uh, um, so, and I knew I had one left over. I had one left over. So one of the gentlemen that works for me rode with this other guy and he had heard what I was going to do. Well, the rest of them kind of heard too, but because they ride together to come to work, you know, he always knows what's going on. Right. So during our lunch, I was outside and this particular gentleman decides to go. He said, uh, it's amazing. Uh, it's good you actually take care of your people, you know, but all, you know, all management's all alike. You only do it because you expect more out of them or you, you're trying to buy them out and blah, 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 blah. So, but that's what I always got. That was his type of thing. It was like management against the workers, workers against management. That was just his thing. So, man, I tell you, um, I decided since I had I had an extra one, um, I walked up to him later on in the day and I said, hey, so and so, you know, um, you I have an extra burrito. You want one? No, no, I don't want nothing. Management has to has to uh, give me. No, you're not going to buy me out. I'm not selling out for nobody. La, da, 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 da. You know, and I'm like, look, I gave some everybody else. My team is covered. I know you ride with so-and-so. I just want to see if, no, 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 I don't want nothing. Did it? So I'm like, okay. But that was his mentality. Not to say it was good, bad, or, or like he was wrong, but that's 
that was his mentality. So over time, you know, it, it took a lot of of convincing, but it, it just seemed like to never work, never worked. And then later on, I ended up leaving that particular facility because I was transferred to another facility uh, in a different capacity, doing pretty much the same thing, but a bigger, greater capacity. So um, it was probably about a year ago. No, actually, it wasn't even a year ago. It was probably, I believe, uh, probably about 10 months, almost a year. And I was at another facility managing there, and uh, one of um, the clerks said to me, said, hey, there's somebody yelling through the gate for you. I'm like, well, what? So in this particular facility, you know, the drivers come in, they come through a gate. It's, you know, it's a, you know, you come in the building, but there's a gate that separates, you know, outside entities from, you know, the coworkers that actually work inside the facility. So the the clerks and administrative are sitting right in front to, you know, to check these drivers in, you know, what have you. So and I can see everybody that comes in through the gate, you know, just by walking around the building. I can see that. So I know this guy's wearing a particular uniform that's very recognizable. You know, OK, all right, well, I know who he works for, you know. So and he's yelling and he goes. Uh, so I'm like, but he wasn't yelling like I'm mad or like he's going off and it like that. He was calling my name. So the lady was like, you know, yelling, hey, you need to come. He's, he said he knows you. So as I start getting closer, and I think I'm probably about 40, 50 feet off, and I'm like, wait, is that? And he's like, I knew it was you. I can tell it was you. I can tell by the way you were talking to your people out there, blah, blah, blah. So I opened up the gate, and I went through the gate, and I went in there, and I hugged the dude. And sure enough, it was the same guy that gave me a hard time all those years at the previous facility. And he began telling me his life. He told me that the girl that he had been with all the time, had children with, that he finally married her. He moved on from being in the capacity that I was in. He moved up to several levels. And he's now, you know, doing this, that, and the other. Uh, his marriage is doing well and such and I said oh man I'm so happy for you I said you look good too I said you look all professional and I said man you look you're looking awesome man it's so good to see you man I'm glad that you're progressing I'm glad that you've moved forward and he said you know what I know I was mad before but I'm not going to be ashamed to say this you were the best management person I have ever worked for and I was like wait what I'm like no man quit playing he said no I'm serious I thought you were everybody else, like like everybody else trying to buy us off to get something out of us and then turn your back on us. I thought you were going to be like that. He said, but I've noticed you've been the same. You've been consistent. You've all every time you said you're going to do something, you did it. And if something um, that it was that you couldn't do, you at least expressed why you couldn't do it. And you re- either reschedule or it was going to be a conflict dealing with the business of why you couldn't do it. You always kept us in the loop. He says, and I want to just let you know, I appreciate you. He goes, and I appreciate what you stand for. He goes, and because of you, I've been, a, I've been made a better man. And I tell you, man, <clears throat> and during that particular day, I mean, I was struggling. Um, and I mean, by struggling is. 
you know, I had this area, you know, I had, you know, I worked in, you know, basically almost basically a one million square foot building. Okay. And I was basically in charge of one side of it. And another group was charged in charge of another side and the other side. And, and I mean, sometimes because you had so much on your plate, I had a tendency to find these mini breaks. And what I mean by these mini breaks, um, and I encourage you, those you that are listening to find these mini breaks. So these mini breaks, I called them were times when I felt like, I mean, internally, not externally, but internally where sometimes you feel like ripping somebody's head off. You, you feel like it internally. And what I what I would do is because we had a whole parking lot and all this kind of stuff outside and, you know, where trailers parked and blah, blah. And what I would do is I grab my phone because I can always be reached on my phone. And I have my emails from the business tied to my phone and everything. And I go outside and I start walking and I start walking and I start thinking good things. I start saying good things. I start remembering good quotes. And for me, I'm not saying for you, but for me, I start quoting scriptures, trying to encourage myself because sometimes you need to reach in to those good things in your life and begin to tell yourself some of the stuff you've always told your life. You know, the stuff that you've put in, you know, you've read good books. And it's amazing how, how a lot of times all that good stuff you put in your life seems to come up in some of the most hurtful uh, times, the most discouraging times, the times of uh, separation, the times of job loss, the time of financial difficulty, the time of um, family crisis. Some of those good things just begin to surface. And I would come back inside after about maybe five or so minutes of walking that outside area and I come back in the building, you know, through one of the, uh, uh, one of our exits and, and it happens. We have to go through that. But for him to say that those things that day really made my day. It really, to me, it really solidified why I do what I do. I'm like, man, I, you know, again, in my little world, I'm just trying to help people. In my little world, I just want to see other people grow. Now, the strangest thing happened during this time, too, because I had all I had always been a believer of lifting up others before I lifted up myself. Most people don't do that. And again, it's not about me, but what I'm saying is most people don't lift up others before themselves, you know, like promoting others. And, and we, and we fail to realize like, even let's say you, Mr. Listener, before I, when I promote you again, when I promote you, we look at it as a new uh, a new position that's great but when I promote you that means I'm putting my name 
on your back and putting my name before the people on your behalf. I promote you. I put you out there. And we have to understand that in promotion, when you're trying to elevate people, you make sure you're elevating the right people for the right reasons, not just because he's my dude, not because she's my girlfriend, not because um, we have a long history. But you always make sure you put the right people in position. So while I was going through this particular time, I was doing some cross training, not with myself, but with my staff. And um, for instance, if Susie wanted to move to position A, but um, Janice wanted to move to a different position to get some some training, um, I tried my best to make sure that happened. So my thing was, okay, well, if, if Janice is moving over there, then, okay, Susie, you need to move in Janice's position and learn that. And, and Monica, and if Janice is moving over there, then you need to move in Janice's position. And so I would keep moving people around to get that exposure. And then for some, it was great. And they, and they enjoyed it. They enjoyed it. Then, then for others, like, I don't want to do that. I just want to be right here. I want to be in my own little world. I just want to do this and that and the other. You know, and I'm fine with that. But you do have to understand that in order to grow, you got to grow. If you want your, especially if you work in, in the, the, the secular um, society of the world when dealing with raises and promotions and bonuses and things of that sort. If you're not growing your knowledge or you're not building others or growing others that says a lot about you when it comes time for any type of promotion or ways that's just what it is if you're not growing others you're saying that all i care about is me and whatever you you want to give me that's cool that's what that means but when you're promoting others when you're building others when you're allowing cross training and you're pushing others to different levels that's saying it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about the people behind me because after I'm gone from this position, whoever I help grow, that's my legacy. And my thing was always, if I don't do anything else, let's just say if I'm in this exact position for the next two, three, two years, three years or whatever, and they grow, that's still my succession to know that I actually had a hand in building people because building people is very important. If you're not building people, what are you doing? It's not just, it's not enough just to build yourself, but who else are you building with you? Now I understand that, you know, you can't take people for a drag, you know, because and what I mean by that is you can't have somebody that you're trying to, you know, bring with you, but they're dragging their feet. I get it. You got to let them go. But if folk want to go with you. If folk are there to help support you. Help build you. Help nourish you. 
That's what it's all about. It's about building people. We have to build each other. In faith, in Christendom, you have to build people. In your neighborhood, you have to build people. On your job, build people. In your home, you have to build people. And while you're building people, you also have to build yourself. You have to build yourself as well. Because I've heard somebody once say that you can't build others if you haven't already built yourself. You can't heal others unless you've been healed. But I also believe the opposite is true, too. I can't say that if you've gone through a drug addiction or you're dealing with drug addiction that I can sit there and say, yeah, I empathize with you. I can't. I can't say I empathize with you because I've never been there. I've never dealt with drugs. Now, if you said, hey, you're dealing with alcoholism, boom, I'm your man. I know what it's like. I get it. I understand it, it's it's one of those things that you go to when things are tight, when things are not right. And we find something to take our mind away from what the reality is. I get it. I'm with you all the way in that. I can't say, um, you know, hey, um, I lost all my money in the stock market and, and you're let's say you're ready to jump out the window. I, I, I can't say that. I can't say I've dealt with with that. But I'm here to let you know that still life's not over. It's no reason to throw in the towel and call it quits. I can, however, tell you, yes, I, yes. Have I lost houses? Yes, I have. And trust me, I was. um in the dumps. I, I was. I blamed a lot of people. I blamed uh, I blamed relationships, uh, a lot of stuff on the loss. When in actuality, the loss wasn't just me. I wasn't by myself in that loss. There were many that went through a loss during those years of the housing crisis. There were many that lost investments. There were many that lost things, that lost Houses, they lost land, they lost money, they lost investments, they lost all kinds of different things. <clears throat> Sometimes in health, there's a loss. You know, and if they say you can't help anybody unless you're fully healed, that's not necessarily true. I can't remember how many times that I've heard somebody that has cancer that it's not over it that begin to say, but keep your head up while you're going through your struggle. They have cancer and you're just going through a marital struggle. They are on their deathbed with uh, uh, some type of sickness or ailment, but yet still they're encouraged enough to tell you, don't turn your back on your daughter. Don't turn your back on your son. Don't give up that job. I think healed is also a matter of perspective because you can be in it. You, it's not over. You're going through the struggle. 
but it's a matter of perspective. Many people tell you what car you should get or should not get, what house you should get or should not get. But are they driving that car? Are they going to drive it? Are they going to live in that house? Are they going to live with that person? Are they marrying that person? Is that their child? It's a matter of perspective. Yeah, there's all kinds of things that we need to be able to listen to. But I was was taught this and I heard um, someone, one of my mentors once told me this when I was going through a training session. And he said this so eloquently. I mean, it was a life changer, a game changer. You ready? Here we go. And what he said was this. You have to learn to chew the fruit and spit out the seeds. And I mean, when I heard that, I was like, wait, what? It was like, er, what? It's like, back the truck up, rewind that tape. Wait, what? Chew the fruit and spit out the seeds. What on earth does that mean? That means the fruit is the stuff that's going to keep you. But you don't swallow the seeds. The seeds are made to be planted. <laughs> like, oh, my God. A profound statement because there's a lot of fruit out there a lot of fruit and most of the fruit I've ever encountered has seeds in them and those seeds are made to be swallowed they're made to be planted so as you're going through life you're going to get all kinds of ideas. You're going to get all kinds of people saying what you should and shouldn't do. Everybody has advice on how you should handle certain things. Chew the fruit, spit out the seeds. Again, chew the fruit, spit out the seeds. Because it's very important that you understand that not everybody that decides to sow into you as far as giving you information really care about your future as opposed to them thinking to themselves, well, what else can I get out of it? Some people will. Yeah, I have a job for you. I'll give you a job. But there is a catch to it. Some people say, yes, you can come stay with me, um, seeing as though you don't have a place to live in, but there's a catch to it. There's always a catch to a lot of different things. You always want to look for people who genuinely care for you without limitations, as as if to say, hey, you know what? I know you're going through this. I know you're going through that. You're having that problem. You're dealing with these um, secret um, issues that are going on in your life. You, you've got closet issues. And what I mean, I'm not talking about you. You're in the closet. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you've got some stuff that you just haven't told anybody about. And it happens. If we're, if we were all to be truthful, we've all either done something, know something, heard something, seen something that we have yet to discuss. And I'm here to let you know, even in the midst of all that, you know, that there is a time for everything to where you you have to get to the point. You're like, you know what? I'd rather tell it. I'd rather say it. I'd rather 
write about it. I'd rather do a movie on it. I'd rather than someone telling something that's not even true. And then, then all of a sudden, you got to rush to defend yourself because of the news. And many times, there are people, there are plenty of people that come in your life just to get the news because they, you know, um, that's just what it is. They just want the news so they can go back and tell the rest of the group. Oh, okay, so you know he was going to tell me, right? So what we really did was blah, blah, blah. Yes, he told me himself. This is what really happened. You know, not everybody really cares genuinely for you. Not in, not everyone genuinely wants what's best for you. They want what's best for them, but not for you. And as you're going through what it is that you're dealing with right now, anxiety, depression, loneliness, sometimes self-destruction, family issues, marital issues. With the economy now, you've got money issues, job loss. How do I make it? Where do I go from here? What about food? You know, what is this really going to look like after this is over? It's not over. Life for you is not over. I want you to encourage yourself. Go to that mirror and look in the mirror and say, you know what? You can make it. We're going to get through this together. You're going to make it. We have people riding on us. You're going to make it. We have children that are expecting us to make it. We're going to make it. We have our future. Those behind us that are not even been born with yet. And they're um, waiting for us to get in place. You're going to make it. All of us have a place and we have a responsibility to make sure we make it. You're going to make it. Don't give up. Don't give up. Yes, it was a divorce, but don't give up. Don't just stop there. Yes, you might have lost your car. Don't stop there. Life is not over. You know, when I look at all the different ones that have come from the different countries and uh, you've seen on Facebook and Instagram and you see what some people are doing that live in villages and huts, you know, made out of dung. And we want to give up. Hmm. We have so much at our disposal, people, so much at our disposal. There is plenty of things that we research at a drop of a hat, like a microwave. We got microwaves in our homes, ovens and stoves, running water for the most part in, in many of them. We have all these different things at our disposal, technology everywhere at our disposal. And if one thing goes wrong, we're willing to throw in the towel. gentlemen don't don't give up your girls need you to not give up your boys your young men your men need you to not give up there's there's nothing like um someone giving up on their life and find and another child finding that parent or that loved one who has given up on life there is nothing like a parent who has walked in on a child who has given up their life. So you parent, if you have a child that's struggling while you're struggling, have a conversation. 
encourage that child. Encourage that mother, that daughter, that sister, that brother, that life is not over. This is even though we're going through what we're going through, we are all in this together. And we got to go through it. We just we just we just got to go through it. I know some of the big question from many people's minds right now, they're asking, well, how? Don't give up. That's a big key ingredient. Do not give up. It's not how many times you fall down. It's how many times you get up. It's not whether or not you win the battle. The goal is to win the war. Don't give up. Keep encouraging somebody. Keep building somebody. Keep planting that good seed because we do know that when you sow seeds, they do grow into trees, bushes, and so on and so forth. And what you plant in the ground is a lot less than what springs up out of the ground. You can pl- you can plant three seeds and end up with three trees. You could. You sure could. But then when those trees spring up, they end up with branches. And on those branches are leaves. And on those leaves and all that kind of stuff, there's fruit. Times how many branches. But yet and still, you only sowed three seeds. The opposite is true, too. So you got to be careful what you sow, because if you're so garbage, if you so um, angry, if you so lust, if you so materialism, if you so negativity, if you slow, if you so backbiting, if you so you're going to reap all that back. And you reap it harder than you dished it out. That's why it's imperative that you grow people and you grow them the right way. You grow them first with love. Patience, because it takes patience, because, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a go getter. When, when and sometimes I, I, I don't have time for people that are slowful. Or if if we're supposed to be there at 7 a.m., and you decide to show up at 715, 720, 745, 7, you know, 755, 805. And I've already been there actually by 645 because we we're supposed to be there at seven. But then. You understand where I'm going with this. If you're going to grow people, you have to be number one, you have to be intentional. And in order to be intentional, there has to be relationship. So, Tommy, if I'm talking to you, so, Tommy, if um, you're trying to build Debbie. In order to build Debbie, Tommy must sit down with Debbie and have a discussion. Tommy must learn from Debbie her weaknesses. Tommy must know what her um, strengths are as well. And I said in in one of my previous is. Uh, episodes in order to know what I'm interested in you have to be able to commune with me so how do you know if I like steak or chicken if we've never wined and dined before to have that discussion 
And all of this com- this building comes through what is called, it, it's, it's a word, it's a word. You guys ready for it? It's a word. I know you know it. It's called relationship. Relationship is very important when building anybody. You must have a type of relationship. And in order to have relationship, that comes with time and communion. Because it's through relationship that I know, you know, Tommy's saying, I know how she feels. I know where her strengths are. I know where she wants to go. I know what she has a passion for. I know what her favorite food is, her favorite drink is. I maybe even know the types of labels that she likes to wear if, in fact, somebody was going to buy her some clothing or shoes or whatever. But a lot of these things, when you're growing people, is through relationship. It's all through relationship. And it's through relationship that we can build. Building people is very important. Your successes. There's nothing wrong with telling your failures because let me tell you, it's in our failures when we learn the most. It's when it's in those no's. It's when those doors are being slammed in your face. It's when family turn their back on you. It's when um, a lot of people say, I don't want to deal with you anymore. That's when you find your biggest experiences when dealing with others, because now you now have a resume to say, I've been in that predicament before and I understand how you feel. I know where you want to go. I understand why you're you're feeling the way you're feeling. And because of that, I would love to be able to sit and talk to you and figure out what can we do to get you from here to there, wherever there is. In building, it's always from and then to. Here's where you are, but here's where you're going. So I implore each and every one of you that is listening to this broadcast, man, build people, build them, not just you. We have a too many I people, me, myself and I. But when are you going to build somebody? When are you going to help somebody else? We've got too much of this crab barrel mentality. You know, somebody's trying to get out of a problem and we're too busy dragging them back down because we want them all down in our own problems. We can't have that crab barrel mentality. You know, I watched the video the other day and it was a it was a trailer. For I believe it was a military or whatever the case may be. And there was a huge wall. I mean, this wall had to be probably about 20 some feet, a huge wall. And I watched these three people run to the wall. I'm like, going, you know, I'm like, what the heck? This is not going to work. And it was three guys. Right. And one ran to the wall and stood there. And I'm like, what? Then the next one got on his shoulders. And that first guy pushed him up. And as he pushed up, he was able to grab the top of the wall. And as he starts pulling himself up, 
he helped pull the next guy up. And then the third guy started running. And as he runs to the wall to try to do this, like the step leap thing, his job was to step and leap up in the air to catch the hands of the other two guys that were already on top of the wall waiting for him. You know, I, we can go. That's a, that's a topic in itself. Are you waiting on anybody? <laughs> that's a good one right there. Woo. Woo. Lord have mercy. But they were waiting for this guy. So as soon as he jumped up in the air, they were waiting for him. They caught both of his hands. And they pulled him while they were getting all the way over to the other side of the wall. And that was how they got over a 20-foot wall. It's important that as you're climbing that ladder, whatever that ladder is, because we all have an idea of what we think success is. And success for me is not necessarily going to be success for you. For success for some, it's about money. For others, it's about time. For others, it's about health. For others, it's about family. For others, it's about spirituality. For others, it's about relationship or relationships. So whatever that success is to you, as you begin to climb, look for people you can take with you. Look for people that you can build. Look for people you can sow into. Because I heard somebody was once say this week. If I meet the needs of people. By the time I do an ask, it's not even a question. <laughs> you know, a lot of times we do a lot of asking. And then we wonder why our, ne our needs are not met. Everybody's a salesman because they care about themselves. They're selling the product that they have. It doesn't matter whether it's real estate, whether it's brokerage, whether it's investment. But the key is how can you then salesman, saleswoman, help others? That's the key. What is it that you have that can help others? Aside from your business and what you're trying to do, what is it that you can do to help others? And many times we sell people on, um, man, uh, the Kool-Aid. We, we, we sell them on the Kool-Aid. But we are drinking the Dom Perignon. Because we get them on the Kool-Aid, they can help pay for the Dom Perignon, our lifestyle. And we're not just talking about money. This is a, an analogy here. The goal is to, you've been on the Kool-Aid for a while. Let me help you get to the Dom Perignon in your life. What is the Dom Perignon in your life? How can I help you get there? When you start thinking like that, when you walk down the street and you see somebody that's homeless, 
and you decide to uh, walk over and hand them Burger King, when you see someone who is stranded on the side of the road who has a flat tire and you just decide to pull over and fix that flat, when you see someone that is um, going through and having a rough time and you heard that maybe they're uh, going through a food crisis and you decide to just out of the... um, out of love just just hand hand them or drop a bag off or some groceries that is showing you're meeting the needs of the people and when times change and you decide to do an ask i need something of you because you've already met the needs there's not a question build people build them the terminology we all use and we all know if you build it they will come Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you find great value in it. I look forward to meet you on the next side of things. Take care. Be blessed. This is Sean at I'm Dealing With.